maybe your maybe your stupid opinions aren't right. And like, are you so sure your life is going so much the way you want it to go? And you're such a bloody paragon of virtue and the light is shining out every orifice and everyone who disabuses you of your notions is evil. Hey, what's up? It is Sunday, February 13th, 2022, and this is You're Probably Right. I'm your host, MCM, up for another bunch of questions. What do you think about that? All right, let's get right into it with no further delay. <laughs> I'm going to pick up. I was doing some questions a few of you uh, podcasts ago, and I didn't complete my t- entire list. Now, funny enough, I wrote the questions down and I have jotted down some answers according to um, what was asked of me, but I understand that I did this about two weeks ago, so I'm not that familiar. So I will be winging it (laughs) to say the least. Um, And I guess as my memory is jogged, um, hopefully there'll be some continuity and some place for what I'm saying in my mind so that I can properly articulate exactly what I mean or exactly what I meant when I actually answered those questions in a little point form form. All right. So here we go. So first question, actually, it's the eighth question. Question is, how can I cultivate the attitude of giving in my life and those in my family? So what the person is really asking is they want to be more giving. Now, obviously, this person and maybe the people around them or maybe not the people around them recognize that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And you can actually um, think about that from the perspective of when you've been given something and, you know, it's been freely given. Sometimes we tend to neglect the gift that was given to us, whether it be something that we're physically capable of doing and we didn't work at it we just are able to do it or whether maybe it's like a gifted car or gifted house or a gifted pair of shoes or you know or gifted shirt or whatever there's a big difference i think but when you have actually given something to someone and you see that smile on their face or you see them using it in a certain way um, it gives you a different joy and that joy is that you are able to affect change in someone else's life to do something amazing for them. And it might be just a small thing to you, but, you know, I'm sure you've given things or maybe you have it or maybe you should try and do it where you've given something that is totally nebulous or totally insufficient in your eyes. You know, where, you know, how people say sometimes one man's garbage is another man's prize. So um, try it, I would say, if you haven't. I'm assuming that most of my listeners have, but try it out or at least pay attention to the reception, pay attention to how wonderful it makes a person feel. Maybe it's just a cup of water to a thirsty person and see how grateful they are to you. Um, I would like to take this time to shout out my listeners in Washington, D.C., actually just Washington on a whole, (laughs) both Washingtons. Um, I really appreciate you listening. Um, my viewership or my listenership has gone up tremendously lately and I'm just so happy. I'm not sure. I've been sitting there checking to see 
did I say something that somebody's ready to cancel me? Or did I say something that somebody actually wants to listen to lately? It's just crazy. And I'm just so happy that you're listening. You know, um, this is my labor of love in, um, in some ways. And sometimes, you know, I've said to somebody one time, you know, they asked, they said, why are you doing this? I said, you know, I'm doing it for a couple of reasons. One, I think I have something to say. And they said to who? I said, well, to anybody who wants to listen. And then I was saying, you know, it's funny today, right now, this year, if my father was alive, he would be 98 turning 99. And, you know, sometimes as a child with a parent that's gone before, or maybe a parent that has um, some kind of uh, mental disorder or a sickness that has ravaged their mind or their voice or whatever it is and you can't hear anything from them and sometimes you know I would just like to as I'm sure you probably could understand would like to just hear a couple words from a parent that is gone because they used to give you their best advice because they knew that it was going to someone who needed it and someone who they cared about and you know I just figured that, you know, while I'm doing this thing, I could just give the gift of my voice to my children or my children's children or just to someone out there who needs to hear what somebody thinks from a pure, clean heart. Hopefully I'm, I'm trying to do this so that it um, affects change in a good way. So I guess it's I'm gifting it <laughs> to whoever wants to listen. And that's why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to get famous because, as I said before, Fame is very overrated. When you're famous, especially without the money, you can't even hide yourself a little bit. And even if you're fame, famous with the money, then you have the same thing hard, trying to hide because, you know, money attracts people who want it. <laughs> and leeches, you know. <clears throat> Anyhow, <clears throat> sorry. So back to this. How can I cultivate an attitude of giving in my life and those in my family or those around me? Well, let's see. First, I said, give because it is good. Is it a good? It's just a good thing to do. Um, I think when we're giving, we're most like God, even though we're not little gods. Don't <laughs> mistake me at all. I've heard um, some preachers say that we're little gods because we are um, heirs together with Christ um, from a Christian standpoint but don't get it twisted I'm not saying we're little gods but I think we are most like God when we are giving and especially when we're giving out of an open and even out of our own need um, so if you explain that to those around you who you know sometimes you'll have a couple and you know they'll be walking down the street and they'll see a poor person on the street and one will say you know just give him that dollar that he's asking for the other will say don't give him the dollar because he's just going to go buy booze well give him some water so then at least you know that you're giving him something that's good now who says he's not going to sell that bottle of water for some for some money to get some booze anyways but chances are as they say that what most people are lacking who are homeless mostly surprisingly in a downtown area especially would be water actually a lot of them are really inebriated and emaciated I should say not emaciated not inebriated well I guess some of them are but um they they need water 
so it is a good thing to give but my whole point is just letting somebody know around you that you know i want to give because i know that that's something that i should do and it's in my heart to do it now what you give is a whole nother story i guess and that would be that conflict right there is should i give them the quarter or should i give them a cup of water is he just gonna throw the water away because he really was just trying to find money to buy booze or should i just give him the gift of life in a sense in that most of our bodies most of our body makeup is actually of water <laughs> water all right so give because we have all received the free gift of salvation worth more than anything we can give so in other words maybe explain to those around you and maybe just remind yourself that we've been all given been given the gift of salvation the free gift of salvation and the question is are you going to access that free gift and someone might say well what do you mean access it if it's given to me then i have it mm, you have it but are you using it it's like you you've been given the gift of singing but what if you don't sing then what use is it right if you've been given a gift of water again and you don't drink the bottle of water then what good is it to your body so no gift it's no it's no good but letting us know that we have been given gifts and we should give um what else let your family see you give but don't do it for the credit and that's perfect you know if you really want to show that proper gift when you're giving um yeah don't make a big thing of it just you know let people know that you're doing it if they see you but if they don't see you just you know move on don't sit there and say look i gave that guy that quarter or look i gave you that money you have that car and you have that car because of me or look i gave you that tip on the job and you have that job oh i take credit for it because if i didn't give you that that tip then you wouldn't have got that job and all that stuff just give give out of pure honesty and free will and i had another comment and it says if it's not genuine people will feel it you know what i mean have you ever been given the gift from somebody and it's like you can tell they're grudging it you know it could be on your plate of food and you gave that last fry to a loved one to let them feel that they're wanted but you actually still really wanted it that person can generally tell if you wanted to give it up like that maybe homeless person who stole your slice of pizza came down beside you and sat down and talked to you and all of a sudden they just grabbed a, something off your plate or a little kid um but you're like okay it's okay you can have it but you you know people can vibe you is the best way i don't like to use the word vibe too much but it seems like it applies in so many different situations where people can honestly tell when you really wanted to give them something and when you don't sometimes honestly you know i could speak from experience when you've asked something of someone and maybe that need is just so great that you take it whatever it is that you need and while you're taking it while you're receiving it you realize you know what you feel like trash because you can tell the heart of this person they really didn't want to give it to me in the first place and after you've received it and after you've used it for whatever you need to use it or do whatever you had to do you feel that much lower and you probably would have felt better if the person didn't give it whatever it was in the first place 
hopefully you get what that means and i think that goes in so many different um areas of life and so many different directions you want to pull in okay next question i lost everything now what and first of all i would say to you is you have to recognize that you still have life and life is your most precious gift it's not money it's not items it's not a car it's not even a family your most precious gift that you've been given is your life and especially if you've been given a life full of um, freedom and ability and position understand that many of those many people around do not have position they do not have free will some people don't have use of certain um, bodily functions like arms and legs and brain capacity and sight and taste and you, you imagine walking around and not having taste or smell or like so many different things if you've been given your five senses and the abilities to do different things then just recognize that's all a part of your life that you've been given and you have a responsibility to be responsible in how you use the gift that you've been given. So just to understand that it's not over until it's over. <laughs> I hate to be cliche, but it's a reality. You know, crying is okay if you feel, you know, everything that... Now, you know, someone may say, I lost everything. Maybe certain things were really everything to that person. Maybe they had their hopes and the dreams um, locked into certain things in their lives. Or you do. But understand that it is okay to cry. And in most cases, when you feel that way, because feelings are so much of a power in our lives as to how we're going to go on, it's okay to cry if you feel you've lost everything. Just don't stay there and cry for too long, for a moment longer than is necessary. Because then you're throwing yourself a pity party. And you know how many people are going to show up at your pity party? Just you. Um, thank God, like Job did in the Bible. When he lost his children, when he lost his house when he when he lost his spouse when when well, his spouse was still there um when he lost all of his wealth his cattle and all that he still blessed god and if you read the story of job or you listen to it or you watch it on you know if somebody has actually done a proper adaptation of it you'll understand that he got everything back and even if he didn't job's pure gratefulness to God for where he was and the fact that he was still alive and knew that naked did he come from his mother's womb and naked he shall return to the earth with nothing and the greatest gift that he was given again back to gifts was his life <sighs> make small plans to recoup where possible and where it's practical so I guess, for instance, let's just say you lost your house or you lost your job. But, you know, sticking with the house, if you lost it, but you still have a job, 
then the first thing would be to go and find some shelter because um, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like you need food, you need shelter, you need love, you need self-efficacy, you need to know that you can do something with yourself. I can't remember what the fifth one is, and I didn't obviously say it was in order, but yeah, you have your physiological needs. Um, So take care of your physical, you know, take care of the food that you need, the sustenance you need, take care of the shelter over your head from the elements outside and safety. Um, But make plans. Maybe you got to save up money just to get somewhere to rent. Maybe you have a place to rent or you have some place to stay for a while and you just need to either open a new bank account just for a little savings at a time and just take your time and work towards a goal and setting goals could be anything. It could be um, losing weight. Maybe you just you want to lose weight and you see all these different maybe videos on YouTube or whatever it is, or you have all these different gurus telling you to do this. One telling you to eat no meat, the other telling you eat just meat, (laughs) other telling you just eat wheat, other people say don't eat gluten, others say do cardio, some say do cardio and weights, some say do all weights and no cardio. The whole point is you just have to set your goals. So when you think that everything is, you know, everything's garbage. Look at that glass half full that you have an opportunity to do something. Even though you don't have everything you want to have, you have an opportunity to attain whatever goal it is by making small, important steps towards a goal, which will give you some purpose, especially if you don't have the purpose to know that God is your savior yet and that he died for your sins and you know all the rest that christians um profess to know um and i mean i guess that would be a starting point again if you're not a christian um get to a bible believing church get yourself a bible dedicate your heart to god and ask him to reveal himself to you through his word which is the word of truth which is you know the gift of god eternal life but we have to receive it it's been given to those it has been given to but you have to receive that gift if you are chosen one of the most high sovereign god and lord jesus died for your sins know all that before you try to get any earthly good or for any earthly thing because as i said when you talk you talk about job job was given all these different things But he realized that that wasn't the most important thing. The most important thing was to give glory to God from whom all blessings flow. From him, all life was given. You know? And crush bitterness in your heart as soon as you feel it. You know, there's so many different examples in the Bible. But crush that bitterness because you know when we um, tend to lose things or when we tend to think that all hope is lost sadness overwhelming sadness even depression will maybe crush and um, paralyze us but 
if you let that sadness really, really overwhelm you, what you'll notice when you stay there too long in that sadness, when you cry for too long, when you feel oh me, oh my for too long, then eventually bitterness will creep in. And when bitterness creeps into your heart, you are on a journey that you're not going to like. It's not going to feel good. Others won't feel good to be around you. And it's just one bad cycle after another. So please, I'm asking you, (laughs) do not let bitterness rule your life because bitterness will ruin your life. Next question. Life has not turned out the way I had hoped. Help. Well, listen, I'm talking to you who feels that life has not turned out exactly the way you want it to turn out. Well, guess what? Join the club. (laughs) There's so many of us who would prefer to, you know, have a spouse or there'd be so many of us who would prefer not to be 100, 200 pounds, 300, 400 pounds overweight, (laughs) but that's where you are or you're lonely or maybe you were in an accident and you lost most of your family members in that accident or maybe somebody cheated on you or took something from you and you'd prefer it not have happened because now you're totally left destitute and not knowing which way to turn or what to do. So I would say to you, first of all, most people can say that their perfect narrative has not worked out exactly, but understand that God is God. He is still on his throne and he is sovereign. And although things have happened to you in your life that you would not have chosen, understand that he will work it out for your good once you've given your life to him once you've surrendered your life to him because i mean at the end of the day he has you but the question is are you going to submit to his will for your life and i believe once you've submitted and once you it's not even once you've submitted because some people think that you become a christian by saying some magical prayer somewhere and everything is good from then on it no you have to daily hourly minutely secondly submit to his will and don't fight everything sometimes some things have to happen in your life and you will have those times when you'll be able to look back and say you know what if this bad thing didn't happen then this good thing wouldn't have happened you know some would say joy isn't the same without pain how would you know joy if you didn't have pain? How would you know triumph if you didn't have loss? How would you know how good the sun really is without cold and snow, you know? So just understand that, yes, it's not exactly how you would have planned it, but understand who are you? You're not infinite, God is, and therefore you are finite and you do not know what's happening the next day after today. You don't even know what's going to happen in the next second. A drum could be dropped on you or something could be stolen from you or you could be paralyzed. Like there's so many different things that could happen to you. 
So don't stop working at life. Make small attainable goals again. Making goals, setting goals, writing down your goals, jotting them down, putting them wherever, your notepad, on your phone or whatever it is, is so important because it has something in it that will have you working towards something, taking up the time, whereas you'd be sitting there maybe feeling sorry for yourself. You can try to work towards attaining your goals. Take it day by day or hour by hour or wherever and however long it makes sense for you personally. And again, read that story of Job or Joseph. Joseph's story is a lot easier and simple to understand. Job was given a promise. Job saw dreams. Job was Job was taken in. I mean, sorry, Joseph. I'm talking about Joseph had dreams. Joseph took those dreams and told people about his dreams, and people begrudged him for it. Joseph was beaten down by his own brothers. Joseph was left for dead. Joseph was sold into slavery. Joseph spent years in jail. Like his story is so important for the average person, especially if you're destitute, especially if you believe that you've been taken advantage of or left for dead. Just read the story of Joseph and concentrate on the way that he takes advantage of his situation when his advantage or those would have taken advantage of him. And when you hear his his testimony at the end of it all, it's like, you know, you meant it for my bad, but God meant it for, for good. And he's able to give glory to God's name after all that he went through, which is a really horrible, horrible, horrible life ordeal. I know Job's seems like a lot worse, but apparently Job's was a, a much shorter period of time than what Joseph went through. And I'm not comparing the two because I just don't know I wasn't there. But if you want a nice, long, drawn out story of somebody whose life wasn't at various times in his life, wasn't exactly perfect when he was able to when he was able to realize what he'd been through and where he had been brought to that he didn't choose and how he was able to be a savior to his whole family eventually i'm sure if you'd asked him he'd tell you that he wouldn't change one thing or maybe he would have surrendered a lot earlier who knows so let's see Here's a, here's a really twisted one we got. It's not really a question. I guess it's a question. But um, watching shows and movies, listening to all, listening to music, all made by unbelievers. Although quite fun, I would tell you, it is quite dangerous. Books, I would say even more so. And the reason why I say books even more than movies is because if you ever notice when you've watched a good movie or you've read a good book and then you watch the movie, you realize that the book, I mean, the movie never comes up to what the book comes up to because your own imagination, your, your own brain has to develop the pictures of how things were going and what people might have looked like and how they might have said things that they said and whatever it was. But you get this whole... Um, vision and picture vision and picture in your head and when your 
being given this story by ungodly people who have nothing in common with God at all. And you're putting these stories in your brain, then um, it can seep into your existence in your real life without you even realizing it. From a psychological psychological standpoint, I probably can't fully explain that. I hope that you somehow grasp exactly what I'm saying to you. But I mean, most of you probably can by reading books you've known that you get a certain um, exhilaration because your brain gets to figure out things for itself without somebody else drawing the picture pictures or making the action for you. Hold on one second. I gotta plug in my headphones here. All right. <clears throat> Listening to twisted ungodly tunes or music can have you doing what you wouldn't otherwise. And, you know, if you think about music like that, um, if you are emotion, an emotional, musical person, this might even be worse for you than other people. And knowing that, like, when you think about people who would maybe cry when they hear a song or cry when an emotional part of a movie is happening and other people would be like, what the hell are you crying about? And there's just some people that are really, really affected by visions of things that are happening in front of them coupled with music that is made, meant to be, as they say, tearjerkers. You have to be very, very careful when these messages and when these images are being brought to you by people who have no God in them, no Holy Spirit working through their lives. Now, I know you're saying that, you know, these movies are probably a lot more fun and exciting and they've been made with a much higher budget with way better effects. And you're right. You're probably right. A lot of the time, that is just the way it is. It's just there's more money to do ungodly things in this world. And that's just the reality. So no matter how much a Christian may try to put on productions, generally, it never stands up to what um, ungodly, I guess, Hollywood or whatever can um, put up. It never is the same. There's never the level. And the reason why is because that devil is the God of illusion. So he loves to show you things from a certain way that just seems so amazing to you. And that's his whole thing. It's all about illusion. So yes, the music will sound that much better. The movies will be, the movie production will be so much better. And maybe not the story itself, but just all of the stimuli that you get from watching and listening to these things can um, bring you to a place that no Christian movie can take you. Now, sometimes music might be a little bit different, but a lot of time it'll be repetitious and try to, you know, again, be a tearjerker, work on your emotions instead of truth. <clears throat> and being lost in emotion rather than being lost in the truth is a very, very dangerous place to be. Um, let's see. People really do have soundtracks to their lives. If you don't know, 
what it is. Here is some homework. Okay. Remember, I wrote this stuff about two weeks ago, so I knew I don't exactly know sometimes exactly what I was thinking at the time, but sometimes as I said, it will some of the stuff that I put down will actually jog my memory and I'll actually oh, that's what I meant. <laughs> and I'm being straight up with you guys. I don't have everything figured out, but this is all coming from a pure honest um place in my heart so i'm not trying to mislead anybody or just take you on for some kind of a social emotional ride (laughs) um here's the homework if you are able to recall serious losses serious triumphs experiences heartache bad decisions by year even month and day maybe you know like something like your sweet 16 and maybe look up like you turn 16 you you look up that music that was you know the music that you would listen to and you could probably find that like on a billboard chart somewhere at that time or just think about that time in your life and the chances are you can remember a song that gives you a certain feeling every time you hear it or it's a video or it's a movie even a play might have a more of an effect because it's actually people doing stuff right in front of you natural people not some screen but the whole point is really think about how music um, and visions and videos can affect your life for example in my life there is a couple songs and I'm going to see if I can break them up. I'm not really sure if I can find them on here, but um, just little clips of them. But um, for instance, there's Fine Young Cannibals. And the song is called I've Been Thinking About You. For those old people here, <laughs> you could probably remember that song. Um, I think about the song by Chicago. It was, I can't remember which song it was, but it was a few of them. Um, maybe it's a couple in the movie Karate Kid. By Chicago. There is Bobby Brown, Roni. There is Mint Condition, Pretty Brown Eyes. There is Across the Bridge. That was a church song. And my dad used to sing it all the time. It's one thing I remember about him. Or sung by T Pain. And there's a song, I can't remember what it is, but the tune, it goes, everybody's hands go up and they stay there and it goes on from there. Or the song by, say, the Cranberries called Linger or Cindy Lauper's True Color. And when you listen to these songs, and I guess I just gave you a little small playlist that's probably not very cohesive with each other, but, um, these things and you know me being an 80s kid born in the 70s um it's funny when you look back and you hear like the soundtracks of your life and you realize what some of these songs meant um the feelings that they give and it's pretty interesting more than that movies and as i said before to have the vision i mean it's like a you know, a movie would be like um, like a two hour or, you know, or hour and 45 minutes to maybe even three hours 
uh, music video where they generally you're not even paying attention to the music that's playing in the background but it's still tugging at you in your subconscious and sometimes you go back and you look at a movie and you say oh I didn't realize the music that was playing and how they tried to make me feel away as they were acting out whatever it is they were acting out on the screen you realize how powerful they are and this is why it's important not to be drawn away by so many different ungodly points points of view don't let that be and if you know even if you are a movie buff or whatever it is and you like good quality don't have yourself drawn away by this stuff more than you are when it comes to um putting yourself into the word of god or listening to the word of god because it will draw you away into different places and have you act in certain ways that you didn't even think you would or you won't even know why you did <coughs> so movies in the same way i'm going to list a few movies here um movies if you are taken away by them and enter the world of the characters it can affect you profoundly and here would be the examples of something that i would talk about um lawless and it was by i think it was by tom is it tom hardy um he was the main character but um his three brothers fight through life during prohibition in the early 2000s like i mean sorry 1900s like 1920s on um shawshank you listen to or and watch the life of andy dufresne and his best friend red and all the misfortune and all the triumphs or the movie sling blade and i guess if i was giving you like a top 10 or whatever it is these might be on there <laughs> of movies um, the Green Mile with Michael Clark Duncan, the late Michael Clark Duncan and Tom Hanks and their lives and how they intersect and how they play off of one another. The Passion of the Christ, um, a movie that was definitely brought to you and shown to you from a Catholic perspective, but at the same time, it did give imagery as to what you thought might be the life of Christ um the prince of egypt now yes the cartoon prince of egypt why because the ten commandments with charlton heston is actually less biblical than the cartoon <laughs> for those of you who've read the bible and read the story and i would encourage you to do that read that story in the bible and then watch those two or don't watch any of them but i mean just for instance um the sound of music with the von trapp family who they escaped over the I'm not sure what man, mountains Appalachians. I can't remember what what mountains they they um, went over just to get away from um, the Nazi regime. Um, was this Swiss Alps? I think it's Swiss Alps. But um, what else? Um, a movie called Kuch Kuch Hota Hey by SRK Shiru Khan or Kalho Naho again Shiru Khan Shiru Khan. Um, Foreigner by Jackie Chan or Django Unchained by Jamie with Jamie Foxx. Um, you know, if you're really a really a movie buff or really somebody into heartfelt, emotional tearjerkers or whatever, then those would be your type of movies. But what I realized is those movies take you through so many different types of emotions no matter who you are, if you're really into movies, first of all. And then you'll understand what sitting inside or sitting underneath somebody else's vision 
can be a really dangerous thing. Now, yes, there's joy, there's pain, there's hurt, there's a whole bunch of emotions if you really get into it. But um, you really got to be careful. You know, if you're getting the wrong messaging and you're getting the wrong messaging too often, um, it can really affect you. Let's see. So consider when you watch and listen. And listen to this. The following scriptures obviously is not talking about movies or music. But if you can grasp the concept of being free from fleshly emotions, of doing certain things that are legalistic but unprofitable in the grand scheme of life, we can consider the tugging at our emotions by music lyrics, beautiful voices, lavish lifestyles, horrible occurrences, rapturing emotions brought to us by unsaved, ungodly, unwell people. It's a deep level of consideration that one has to go through to come to this conclusion. But if you know what I mean, then you know it's just that simple. And if you are unwell, being mistreated, hurt, unsaved, ungodly, impressionable, then your life in a world of confusion, discombobulation, and disorientation, then listening to different types of music, watching twisted movies can really set you on a path, uh, path for failure. And I will read Galatians 4, 24 to 31. Listen, these things are being taken figuratively. The woman represented two, the woman represents two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai, Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. For it is written, be glad barren woman, you who never bore a child. Shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, Isaac, are children of promise. At the same time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It is in the same. It is the same now. But what does scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Hopefully you can follow that. And also Galatians 5, 1-3. And the most important part here is, For freedom did, for freedom did Christ set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. And again, that's what music 
from ungodly people and movies from ungodly people and ungodly books can offer us in our hearts are we are we sinners because we sin or are we or do we sin because we are sinners are we sinners because we sin or do we sin because we are sinners I would say yes the latter we do sin because we are sinners and that's what we need to be saved from our sinful ways and our sinful hearts anyhow this big 45 minutes of me sort of answering questions wonder if I could answer a couple more Mm, let's see maybe I should leave that for next time let's see what could be the next ones the next questions oh yeah we are we're at 31 of 40 some odd questions should let's see should mobile phones be allowed in schools and colleges i guess that's where we'll go next time (laughs) um i'm gonna get to that one next time i'll leave it right there anyhow thanks for listening to your probably right podcast i am your host mcm and you're welcome at my house anytime figuratively speaking take care of course So happy that you showed up and joined in to listen and take part of my podcast. It's called You're Probably Right, where everything is right to somebody. And sometimes the left is right and sometimes the right is wrong. Yeah, that didn't really work too well, but whatever. (laughs) 